You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians, your sweep edition. Uh, first off, I want to give a big thanks. I want to make sure I, I'm going to put your names. You know I'm going to put your names. But, uh, again, I need to thank Zahn Zenner and uh, D.B. Sice. He hasn't corrected me on that. Andy Dubois, uh, both giving me great information about the sound of the show. I, I messed around with a felt I got at Michael's today. It wasn't big enough, so I have a green screen coming to hopefully uh, get that podcast uh, up and running that I talked about on the show yesterday. In other good news, uh, I did not get a chance to watch today's Indians game. You might be saying, why is that good news? I was able to go get my cat. Uh, miraculous recovery after being told that he was still seizing up last night and he would probably not be able to come home. Sure, he is not feeling great. He's currently sitting in a litter box. But uh, he came home, and his levels are better, and things are looking good, and I'm going to continue to do my best by him. So some positives after uh, what I was talking about yesterday. I just thought I would share the good news, pass that around, and... You know what? I just realized as I'm recording this, I forgot to turn off the dehumidifier, so I'm going to pause the podcast. We'll keep going from here, but uh, I want to make sure to cut out that background noise. And hey, for those of you out there who are listening, uh, you can tell me, does it improve the sound? Did you even hear it beforehand? Important things to know, so I know if I have to keep turning off the dehumidifier every time I record. So now I'm back. It is turned off. Uh, Something else that... uh, Andy talked about on here is small sample size, but he'd be really comfortable with uh, Karen Chalk, Class A, and McKenzie at the back of the pen for years to come. So would I. And if McKenzie ends up being a starter and it's instead Quantrell, that still sounds pretty good to me. Doesn't it sound good to you? I'm very curious to see what the Indians will do this offseason with Brad Hand, who has been stellar for them all year. Do you hold on to him, or do you feel that you have the pieces to maybe move forward uh, with a trade? His trade value is going to be high. Yes, he is technically a rental. And you might be thinking, why am I talking about Brad Hand's trade value? Because there's not a lot of lefty relievers out there. And yes, this last trade line, we did not see a whole bunch of players, uh, relief players in particular, go for much. But it was a weird year. And just remember, Brad Hand, I didn't think his option would get picked up. But I mean, now it definitely will. It's $10 million. And if you're like, well, the Indians are kind of cheapskates. It's a million dollar buyout. So if they don't keep him, it costs him a million. If they do keep him, that's 10 million. So it's a $9 million difference. That is not insignificant, but for a reliever, for a closer, for a guy who might be the best reliever in the AL this year, that's a small amount of money. And one year, 9 million for him makes him a very interesting trade commodity. So uh, I would not be surprised if this is Brad Hand's last run with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, He turned, I mean, he's only... That's kind of the crazy thing looking through this. I'm like, that can't be right. Is he really only 30 years old, turned 30 in March? Like, he's still got a lot of years left. Uh, A good lefty reliever, those guys can last till their 40s. You know, maybe not as a closer, he's got a decade left. But as a reliever, he could have a decade left in him easily. So, yeah, good on Brad Hand. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, of that tweet in thinking long term. And I'm like, well, what about Hand? And I'm like, well... Hand may not be a, around for a long term. Uh, the other one I want to talk about is the mad thinker, 
uh, he called me out on something, and he's right, that there is a minor league team in Wisconsin. It is the Wisconsin Timber, Timber Rattlers. And when he, he messaged me about that, I was like, oh, that's right. I did look, and I did find that they had one uh, uh, team in the area. It's up in Appleton. And the reason I should clarify is, like, when I was looking into, I thought there'd be something maybe in the greater Milwaukee area, uh, something a little bit closer. To get to the Timber Rattlers from my door is quite a commute, and I live north of Milwaukee to begin with. It's uh, it's already something that would take me a bit of time to get all the way up to Appleton. So it's it's far for a minor league park for me. Uh, if I were to do my exact uh, starting point here, I know what people always want to hear. Someone typing on their computer during a podcast, but from my address, my address to that Appleton Park is an hour and 36 minutes. So it's it would be like when I was living in Akron trying to go to Columbus in a lot of ways. So yeah, it's not ideal. Now he mentioned that Beloit will have a team. I actually passed the Beloit exit um, when I'm going to uh, to work every day. Man, sorry people, it's late. I'm recording late with this one that they're doing a new stadium in 2021, getting a brand new home. So I, I need to see exactly where this Riverbend Stadium is, uh, learn more about the Beloit River Snappers, but uh, they might be a team that makes a little bit more sense uh, for me just in terms of visitation. And I, I hope they don't get uh, axed. Imagine that, 2021, we're opening a brand new park and you're gone. Now, the fact they're opening a new park should make them pretty bulletproof, but uh, still something to keep in mind with the way they're cutting minor league teams for next season. I was curious. I wanted to double-check that. Beloit is still an hour from where I work and an hour and 30 minutes as well from my door. So it doesn't matter. Uh, and I wanted to see that is the A's affiliate. Uh, both of those not ideal for me. You know, taking 90 minutes to go out and catch a game and then come back is uh, not great when you're uh, want to get a story together or, you know, working a day job as well. So I, you know, the, I probably looked into both those teams cause I know I did spend time when I moved out here looking and basically my best shot for catching, uh, lower division baseball is the university of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and they're, uh, the Panthers, the only division one team in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, I know everyone tuned in for all this Wisconsin talk on the Indians podcast, and or the uh, the Northwoods League is uh, really close to me in a lot of areas. But yeah, so I dealt with some listener mail, got back onto this, uh, <laughs> probably just did a three-minute diatribe that no one but the, the mad thinker might care about. But hey, at least I, you know I'm spending individual time on each fan. Let's talk about this game tonight, this game that I got wrong. I thought that you know, Keuchel has pitched very well this year. I thought that this was kind of a matchup that might favor them because of that. Plesak certainly did not have his best stuff in this one, so he hopefully uh, you know, got out of any issues or situations, got a few more reps, and we won't see a repeat of this in the postseason. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, three for four in this one, three RBIs. Again, I, I almost hesitated to say that because I don't really value RBIs. Uh, Jose Ramirez, two hits and a walk. In terms of other players who reach base multiple times, there weren't any. So yeah, there's that. Um, a lot of pinch hitting in this one for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Roberto Perez had his second double of the year. I just appreciate when we're on number two this late in the year in any category. Whereas Jose Ramirez had two doubles in the game, including another game winner. 
uh, for the Indians. That's his second uh, game-winning hit of the week. Again, just really uh, making it hard to not vote him MVP. We talked about Brad Hand earlier in the day. Another fantastic inning of relief for him. Cam Hill, who's had some struggles, uh, 1.1 innings in this one. Now, though, I need to go into the play-by-play. Because, again, as I mentioned, due to cat issues, I did not get a chance to watch this one in particular. So, yeah, when Hill came in, uh, he didn't give up a hit that led to run. Because that's the whole thing. Like an earned run, uh, your relief pitcher can come in and let multiple runs come across. And you didn't... I mean, you put the guys on base. That's why, you know, the whole thing with earned runs is always a little bit tricky. Because sometimes it's more the reliever's fault than the starter. But not in this case. Uh, the four runs on Plesak were all directly due to him and no one else. This is a solid team effort. We're going to get into this a bit more. Talk about the postseason. That is a new kitten I have in the background making all that banging. I apologize. But again, we'll discuss this game a little more in depth. Talk about how the postseason is shaping up and more on the second half of the show today. I don't know about you guys, but I, I like the pumpkin. Some people don't, but I am one of those people who definitely enjoys fall and the pumpkin flavors and that means i've been extremely tempted by the news flavor over at built bar the pumpkin chocolate chip cookie limited release flavor i'm going to be putting in an order probably tonight using our promo code on that uh with built bar it's going to make it tempting to go ahead and just try some of these other fantastic new flavors i've talked about it many times this is a product that i buy it is a product i use yes they sponsored the show which i very much appreciate but even if they didn't sponsor the show, uh, I would still be using this product because I've tried a lot of bars over the years. Bars are my go-to thing for breakfast. And with these Built Bars, I enjoy them more than any other product I've tried. If you want to try Built Bar, go there today, builtbar.com, and use the promo code Locked On. That promo code is going to get you 10% off your order. That's the promo code I'm going to use when I go make my order at builtbar.com today. Remember, that promo code is Locked On, and you can keep using that as many times as you want without issue and getting 10% off your order of Built Bar. We also have to talk about Indeed today. Indeed is the fantastic site where you can go and find people that you need to work for your company. As someone who has gone to many a site looking for a job, trying to find something, especially after I graduated from Ohio State with a degree in history, don't recommend that degree, when you have something that is not specialized, like a history degree, you go to these sites, you look around, you're trying to find something and figure out what you can use your history degree for. And spending a lot of time on sites, it is clear when I've gone and checked out Indeed now, because I like to go and see everyone who sponsors this show, it's just a better site. And it's a site that's going to encourage people like myself who have a wide variety of skills but are looking for work to go there because it doesn't look ramshackle. It doesn't look scammy. There are uh, companies there that feel like real companies and not just, you know, uh, 17 different insurance companies all trying to get you to go and do the equivalent of uh, a free blogging for them until you uh, build up and get paid on commission. That's not what Indeed is. Indeed is a site. There's a reason why it is the number one job site in the world. It looks good. It's easy to understand. You have full control and payment flexibility. You only paid for what you need. You can pause your account at any time. And right now, you should go to Indeed, see why it is that I think it's a, one of the it's the best looking site I've seen in terms of being able being on the other side of things and trying to find work. 
So go there right now because they're offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means you'll get quality candidates fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offers only valid through September 30th, so get on that. So this game, uh, it's interesting. You know, a lot of people on the White Sox side of things, like why would you go get Carlos Rondon, who has not pitched in a while in that high leverage situation? But at the same time, like, Aaron Bummer, who pitched well, hadn't pitched since August 7th, also against the Indians, by the way. And if you're the Chicago White Sox, do you really want to win? And that might seem odd to say, but I think it's a fair question. Do you want to win these games? Or is it more valuable to get the Yankees in the postseason than the Indians, who are probably your worst matchup? 8-2 and two against the Indians this year. And they had, the Indians have just they've hit well against the White Sox, and the pitching has pitched really well against them. And... Uh, you know, I'm not saying they, they lost the game on purpose because no one would ever do that. I'm just saying losing wasn't the worst thing in the world. And on the other side of things, you have four games left. You need Rondon and Bummer if you're the White Sox. You need those two guys as part of your team and part of your success in the postseason. They need reps. Get them out there. Give them some opportunities to play. I mean, at most, you're probably looking over these last four games, and maybe they're in in, like, two games. Uh, I probably wouldn't have brought Rondone personally in that situation because you're setting him up to fail, and that's not necessarily what you want for a guy who, over the years, it seemed... I thought he should have been the first overall pick the year he was drafted. Uh, he's kind of disappointed, honestly, since then, and it's always struck me as I'm not sure if there's how much confidence he has, and I, just not a player I want to set up to fail, and he was set up to fail. So to me, that's the bigger issue than the fact that he hasn't pitched in a while, but you need Bummer and Rondon if you're the White Sox, and you have to get them those reps. I still think, you know, at the end of all this, uh, my big takeaway from the day is, like, this series should pretty much put Jose Ramirez in the top spot for AL MVP. The Indians should sweep uh, MVP, Cy Young, and reliever of the year. And if you're curious about the whole relief thing, let's just hop over and do a quick comparison on that. So Hand is currently seventh amongst all relievers in FWAR. Devin Williams, the Brewers, who I talked about earlier in the year, number one. Mike Mayers, I saw my buddy uh, Taylor Blake Ward talking about him recently, three. Karen Schock, four, former Indian prospect. Drew Pomeranz at five. And Freddie Peralta, who we also talked about in that great bullpen for the Brewers, is sitting there at six. That's just war. Now, if we want to go and look at something like saves, hand is, you know, a little bit lower in this category. Trying to pull and find. It is interesting. He's, oh, no, that's games pitched. I clicked on the wrong thing. It was like 30 saves. Uh, Saves, I was wrong. Brad Hand is first for that because, again, I clicked on the wrong thing, which happens. Uh, Coming in the day, he was tied with Liam Hendricks of the Athletics. And that all, again, combines to why this guy could have more than anticipated trade value. How about FIP, which tells you how likely a player is uh, to succeed long-term, what they're doing, uh, how successful they're going to be. Brad Hand is fourth in that. Devin Williams, he was a starter. Second-round pick, I want to say. Man, the Brewers have to at least consider trying to stretch him out as a starter next year. And number two in FIP. Jake McGee, remember when he was cut by uh, Colorado this year? 
boy, to the Dodgers' benefit has that been. Uh, McGee has been instrumental in their success. If you're curious, Karen Chalk is currently sixth in FIP. And again, that just, when you look at the Indians and you think, man, Manuel Classe and what he would have brought in addition to what they already have. Uh, old friend alert, Tyler Clippard, 19th, and current Indian in terms of FIP, uh, Phil Maton at 21. Uh, someone I talk about at length. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal also up there, someone I spent a lot of time talking about in the offseason. Uh, it turned into the advantage for the Royals in, instead of the Indians. Now let's talk postseason. So right now, uh, this was before today's games, Cleveland was sitting as the seventh seed. They're essentially t- uh, chasing the White Sox to move up, uh, is how it's got to work. That's all they can go. If they can get up to four from seven, it has to be having a better record than the White Sox. The White Sox have the Cubs over the next few games who are badly scuffling. They just lost to the Pirates tonight and have you know that's about as bad of an indicator as can get yes cleveland has an easy close white Sox are facing a team that are not playing particularly well the white Sox sitting there as a four seed instead of a two or three seed where they began this week means that they would get the yankees currently in that first uh, postseason matchup the astros being 500 i think that's who the twins get as weird as that is because the number two uh the second tier teams all face each other or no i'm sorry that's not true because the first two seeds get the wild card teams doesn't matter that the wild card teams both have a better record than the astros uh none of that you know like i said really matters at the end of this it's just the top two seeds get the wild cards which again not advantageous it encourages you to be the three seed and not one or two the Indians currently are looking likely to face up against either the A's or the Twins in the postseason. Uh, the A's currently have a one-game advantage over the Twins in uh, terms of it, probably more like half a game because the Twins have one more win and one more loss than the A's have. And, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to talk about. I mean, come Monday, we'll know. Uh, not really bothering to preview the Pirates my preview is they're hot trash this year. Uh, I do want to give some time on JT Brubaker, who I talked about at the beginning of the year. You know, the last kind of big player to come out of the University of Akron. Now, Chris Bassett has been absolutely fantastic for the A's this year. It has become the greatest player in Akron history in terms of major league performance. But this was Brubaker's rookie season. He doesn't get enough talk because the Pirates are awful. But eight uh, starts 10 total games he's got a war of 0.9 a fip of 386 i'm sorry that's xfip a fip of 349 which is even better era is over four but the side stats are pretty healthy for him strikeout rate of nine and a half walk rate of 3.19 home run rate of 0.85 those are all good he has carrying a bat pip of 319 so he's been incredibly unlucky and that's why his fip and era are nearly a run apart but, you know, good for Brubaker, good for the University of Akron player uh, in terms of performance. I think that he has done a lot uh, this year, shown a lot, and that he's definitely going to be part of the uh, the Pirates rotation heading into next season. Other than that, I mean, the Pirates have a lot of interesting young players, but it's just, you know, I talked about earlier this week, their pitching development, which was their calling card, has just completely fallen apart. Uh, they should really probably consider 
trading some of those like mid-tier guys, like a Brault who's pitched well this year, or you know Chad Kuehl or Trevor Williams, a Joe Musgrove. There's been talk about a points. That's that's definitely something they should consider. Uh, Richard Rodriguez has been really stellar for them in the pen. That's another guy. Uh, I don't know if he's a free agent to be or not. I doubt it now that I look at his service time. But, uh, yeah, he should be. They, this is a team that needs to be kind of torn down to the, the studs and start over from there. Uh, you're hoping that Archer and James Tayon can come back and, uh, you know, maybe you can get uh, a little bit uh, of trade value for either of those players. Though Tayon might be a free eight. No, he's only got three years of service time. Injuries, man. Uh, but they did call up Cabron Hayes. Colin Moran uh, has been okay. Adam Frazier was the Gold Glove uh, winner. Josh Bell has been a disappointment this year after his big season. Brian Reynolds and Kevin Newman were solid uh, a year ago. Both regressed a bit this year. And, uh, do we, I mean, they're in an odd situation. Their number two overall prospect, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, O'Neill Cruz uh, was in a car accident where three people were killed and he was driving drunk so it was in the Dominican Republic where there's been you know uh, issues over the years in terms of players die, uh, dying in cars uh, Oscar I'm trying to remember the outfielder for the Cardinals uh, it's not always the safest situation it's also a situation where I, I don't know how he's going to be punished in the majors and I also don't know how he's going to be punished in his home country it is an odd situation, but it is the last thing a team like the Pirates need because the minor leagues are not the deepest, and he was going to be one of their next big pieces. And that marks two years in a row of a significant criminal offense by a top Pirates player slash prospect. So that's and if you go back a few years, Joe Hung Kang as well. Like they are leading the majors in like significant uh, negative uh, significant criminal offenses what's going on in Pittsburgh um, yeah it's it just hit me as I was going through that that's that's a lot between Joe Hung Kang their closer whose name I eliminated from my mind after I read what happened was it like Rivera or something like it was just I saw that I'm like he's done and I never want to think about uh, his name again and now O'Neill Cruz uh, this is a Pirates team that they're not limping in because they made the Cubs look foolish recently. Uh, they swept their... No, they, I'm sorry. They took three out of four from the Cubs. Uh, and again, this is a team that heading into that series, I believe, had the worst record in baseball. And if we go over to updated Tankathon draft order, just to kind of close things out, Pirates are still number one for the draft, even though they've had a three-game win streak and Texas has had a four-game losing streak. That's right. They've won three in a row. Texas has lost four in a row. Pittsburgh still has the worst record in baseball, and Texas still has second worst. That's where we are. That's right. Uh, Detroit is limping their way up to... They've gotten themselves up to a top-five pick by losing four in a row. Uh, Things like that stand out. And if you're curious about Cleveland... Cleveland's recent hot stretch has taken them from the 20th overall pick to the 22nd overall pick as in terms of win percentage. This is what drove me nuts with this year's draft. The New York Yankees 
and well, Houston doesn't get a, a draft pick, but New York is going to have a higher seed than the Cleveland Indians, and the Cleveland Indians will pick after them because it's just based on win percentage. Same thing a year ago where the Washington Nationals got the draft before the Cleveland Indians because Cleveland had a better win percentage in season, but it wasn't good enough to make the postseason. Fun, right? I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast uh, for this week. I hope you enjoyed the the talk as we had a fantastic week as fans of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, the good run against the White Sox and just the fantastic play of Jose Ramirez. Brad Hand locking up... Not Brad, meant to say uh, Shane Bieber locking up the, the Cy Young. Brad Hand locking up the Rolaids Relief Award. I never did hear from anyone if it's not called that currently, so I'm going to still assume it is. And Jose Ramirez should have locked up an AL MVP. They should win all three of those awards. That's putting my foot down, saying that that should occur. Uh, If not, it's bad voting. But uh, as always, thank you for listening, rating, and reviewing. Uh, We just had our single greatest month of revenue and of downloads in the history of this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, It really does mean the world to me. It's but it's not just that. It's, it's you know, I talked about Andy and Zahn. It's the interactions. It's how people come and help in so many different ways. It's all the people who have written reviews. Uh, it, just from the bottom of my heart, thanks. Really. Thank you all so much. Uh, doing this daily can be a bit of a grind, and the report, there have been parts in time, parts in times, there have been points in time where I was tempted to stop, especially when you have those months where you make $28 after making 29 half an hour long podcasts, which take much longer than that to actually make. And what always kept me going, even in those times, was the interacting with all of you out there and all the kind words. So thank you. I, I, it's not just me trying to get more reviews. It's a genuine thank you for being a kind uh, and extremely generous audience. And uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. I am hoping to have Monday's podcast with Justin. If I cannot get it together on Monday, uh, it'll be for Tuesday. So I will, one of those days, you're going to hear Justin and I just talking about uh, the postseason, what we're going to think. We're going to do a whole show about the the matchup in the first round. We'll know, uh, hopefully, by the time we record, uh, depending when on Sunday, if we get it then or uh, after that. But it should be a fun conversation. So, And I know people do like when I talk to people didn't really get to do that with other hosts this year. Uh, the hosts that uh, that are good with technology and doing such things, uh, we didn't face them. So it was just the central uh, throughout the year this year. But again, thank you all. I've been Jeff Ellis, and as always, go Tribe!